Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, Adventures in Reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and our guest today needs absolutely no introduction. Uh, Michael Cohen, former uh, Donald Trump fixer, and now, uh, well, I, I guess... Michael, how will we describe you now? How, will, how would you like to be described? <laughs> <laughs> federal inmate, federal inmate, 86067. <laughs> and, and now a federal inmate. <laughs> so yeah, I'm also, obviously, you know, I have my podcast, which is um, doing very, very well. So thank you to all of called... my supporters and listeners. It's called Mea Culpa, uh, as well as I'm an author of a number one New York Times bestseller called Disloyal. And, and with that said, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and we'll speak with Michael Cohen. Stick around. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with me today is uh, Michael Cohen, who, as I said, needs no introduction. So I'm going to just jump in, Michael, and ask you, just ask, I'm just going to ask you the question. And I guess the big hence question- the name of the, Hence the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hence the <laughs> I mean, name what of- a unique, what a unique fucking idea. Just ask him a question. Hey, what do you sit on the podcast for? I'm just doing great. You know, thanks so much for having me on. I'm now going to go and grab a turkey sandwich somewhere, <laughs> even though I can't go outside. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you the fucking question. That's uh, here's, here's the fucking question. You think Donald Trump gets fucking busted? So the answer is, if there is a God in heaven, that Donald Trump will ultimately be held responsible for his dirty deeds. Now, he's been very successful. Teflon Don has been very successful in escaping responsibility. But I do believe that the... District attorney here in New York, Cyrus Vance, along with this prosecutor that they brought on, who is legitimately a uh, RICO tax, um, you know, financial um, attorney by the name of Mark Pomerantz. They're working very hard. Uh, There's a very significant team that they have. They have Trump's tax returns. And I do believe that Donald Trump will ultimately be held responsible for some of his dirty deeds. How soon do you think that will be? You know, there's a lot of things in play right now, which is why indictments have not um, 
already been forthcoming. For example, we know that Cyrus Vance Jr., the district attorney here in New York, is not going to be running for re-election. Now, I believe that's one of the reasons that they have held off on the indictments is so that it doesn't taint the re-election uh, of the election of whoever the next district attorney here in Manhattan is going to be. Uh, but I do believe that prior to the end of his term, which is uh, the end of December, um, that the indictments will be flying. There's no doubt in my mind that they're already beginning to impanel a grand jury. And now with all of the information that's coming out about Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer of the Trump organization, his two sons, Barry Weisselberg and Jack Weisselberg. I mean, there was just an article that popped out today by Corinne Ramey uh, of the Wall Street Journal, an actually factual article. Um, you know, that's something that it's hard to believe that we yeah. even have to that we even have to validate Qualify that the that. article is factually <laughs> accurate. It most certainly is factually accurate. Much of the information came from Jennifer Weisselberg, the ex-wife of Barry, uh, and the article um, relates to a subpoena that went from the district attorney's office to Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School for copies of uh, financial payments that were made to the school on behalf of Weisselberg's grandchildren. Why is that important? Well, because as per Jennifer, the belief is that Donald Trump was paying Barry Weisselberg, who was an employee he ran either Woman Rink, Lasker Rink, or the Central Park Carousel on behalf of the Trump Organization, that part of his compensation was through payment of the school tuition, which is quite substantial. It's greater than $50,000 per year per child. So it's, it's a significant part of his compensation package, but there were no taxes that were ever paid on. So they want to know which accounts it came from, uh, was it or was it not part of a financial package? Why were no taxes paid? How did Donald Trump take these? Um, did he take them as, as a gift? Did he take it in some other respect? Again, now that they have everybody's tax returns, this is where the district attorney, this is where you know Mark Pomerantz come in and they put the entire scenario together. How, how many times have you testified before um, or, or spoken to, I, have you testified before the grand jury and, uh, or are you- Well, just, I, can't, I can't really, Brian, I, I appreciate the question. Uh, I won't go so far as to tell you, um, you know, anything with grand juries or anything. Uh, it has been reported that I've been uh, before the district attorney uh, eight times. Um, and obviously I believe more probably forthcoming as they continue to dig deeper into the financial records of Donald Trump and other of the various entities also containing, you know, his eponymous name. When, when, <laughs> when was the last time you spoke with him? Uh, it was about a month ago. Do you anticipate you'll, you anticipate you'll be called back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I already know that that's going to happen. Uh, I wasn't available for a follow-up. They weren't available. They have a lot going on. There are a lot of people that are being well, they know where to find pulled you. in. <laughs> oh, that's that's 100 for certain, and they can catch me anytime, anywhere, minus the two hours that I'm taking a walk. <laughs> <laughs> 
this whole home confinement thing is so stupid. <laughs> Tell me about that. Why? <laughs> why is it stupid? Yeah, why is it stupid? Well, first and foremost, you know, well, I'm thankful to be home with my family. Anything is better than being at Otisville. And while everybody likes to claim that Otisville is this, you know, camp cupcake, being away from your family, from your wife, yeah. from your children is fucking torture enough. It, ha- it, it really is. And then um, worse than, you know, worse than that, you know, there are things that go on in everybody's family, whether it's financial, physical health, et cetera, uh, that you need to be there for your family. Now, mine was based upon a campaign finance violation, the same campaign finance violation that the Southern District of New York decided wasn't significant enough. And so they walked away from more than a dozen sealed indictments. It happens to be the same campaign finance violation that the uh, FEC, the Federal Election Commission, just ruled that they were not going to hold Donald Trump responsible. Now, that's- They held you responsible. It was like, yes, it was a two to two um, decision. The the, uh, tying vote decided to abstain. I mean, the whole thing is just comical, but yet I was found guilty. I was forced to plead guilty to, you know, to this. Uh, And by the way, I did do it. I did. I mean, I take total responsibility at the direction of and for the benefit of Donald Trump, in case you're listening to Brian Karam's show, at the (laughs) direction of you, you scumbag. All right. For your benefit, you piece of shit. I did exactly what you asked me to do. And like what's going to happen to Rudy, welcome to the under the bus club hashtag. He's going to throw you under the bus. And then what they do is they just try to denigrate you so that they um, that they damage your credibility on any case that you could potentially bring against him. I mean, he is legitimately a mob boss. He behaves like a mob boss. He acts like a mob boss and everything that he does is tantamount to what he probably saw in The Godfather. Yeah, that's, well, that he gets a lot from that. That's, uh, you had taught, we had spoken briefly last week about Rudy, and you said it's not Rudy who has to worry, it's the people on the other end of the line. Explain that. Yeah, so what I said, and I was very clear about that, I did it on Joy um, Reid, I think I also said it on Allison Camrata, on CNN, on her new show, and one of the things that I t- turned around and said was Rudy has his own problems. He's clearly involved because it's his email. It's his text message. Right. So, however, everybody's concentrating specifically on Rudy. It's like, oh, Rudy, 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 what's Rudy going to do? What is he going to flip on Donald Trump? Is he going to tell the truth, which is like what I did? And the answer is it doesn't really matter if he does or he doesn't. He's going to have the same responsibility, the same liability, whether he does or he doesn't, because every email and every text message has somebody attached to it that Rudy was communicating with. Now, I know they're going to try to spend a lot of money on the Taint team, making sure that they try to keep anything and everything out of usage or the eyes of the Southern District of New York, but that's not going to work because everything that they did will ultimately fall under the crime fraud exception rule, meaning you can't commit a crime 
or be in conversation about the commission of a crime and think that you could claim attorney-client privilege. <laughs> and I use the example. It's like you can't go to your attorney and say, I need your assistance in moving a thousand kilos of heroin. And then try to say, well, you can't use that against me because it's attorney-client privilege. It doesn't work. On top of that, something that Donald notoriously did is he put other people into the scenario, like Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka, Jared, whoever else. And if they're not lawyers, you've now broken the chain of client privilege by having a non-lawyer attached to that email. So therefore, you cannot argue attorney-client privilege on that specific communication. So any way that you slice it, Rudy's fucked. <laughs> and and he's, got, he's staring at Rico. He's also you know, looking at some pretty significant legal bills as it, oh, yeah. you know, as it, um, you know, as it relates to these taint teams. Now I can tell you that the 14 million documents that they took from me when they raided my home in my law office, there was a 26 person um, taint team with very sophisticated electronics that had to store everything and be able to pull it up and it all had to be beta stamped and so on. Rudy's team is not qualified, nor are they capable of handling the kind of um, investigation, the taint investigation into each and every one of these um, communications. And I went through all 14 million. I mean, it was a 45 day hmm. process, basically 10, 12 hours or more per day with 26 people constantly feeding me stuff. Much of the stuff I knew right off the bat, many, and I was fortunate, you know, many millions of the documents, maybe five, six million of them were photos and, and communications that were from my daughter or from my son, um, you know, going back to when they first had their cell phones yeah, you're talking you know, about at the age of like, yeah. So what? it was all human. They took everything off of our cloud. So, you know, yeah. that stuff, of course, you know, what we went through one, two, three, one, two, three, but. The other stuff takes time, recordings or, you know, um, communications, emails, you have to track them. You have to see whether there was a second, the third, a fourth, the fifth communication. Maybe they said, hey, let's go to signal or let's go to text message. So, you know, you're constantly playing around. It is a very detailed and a very sophisticated analysis of uh, a sophisticated process in order to get through this taint. Um, and most of the time, even if you think that you're going to win before the special magistrate on whether it is or it's not privileged, if there is a way that the Southern District can make a claim that it's not, they always win. Yeah. The, the game is stacked against you. And so either Rudy will do the smart thing and give it up because chances are Andrew may be attached to some of these communications. So he's potentially looking at um, some problems. Rudy's definitively looking at problems. And what about the other people on the other side of the communications right. that are now being dragged in? Nobody wants to go to fucking prison for Donald. They've seen what happened to me. They see what happens to people's lives when it shatters your entire life and it shreds your heart and your soul because you pulled away because a man had an affair with a porn star, right? I mean, that I paid 130000 It's not like I took anybody's money. Right. I paid one hundred thirty thousand for the president to get his pecker pulled by a porn star. And I end up in prison for it. And he ends up at Mar-a-Lago chow chowing down on another 20, 30 fucking hamburgers. And, and you didn't even get a reach around. 
<laughs> let, let, let me ask you if donald trump goes down but and by the way i wasn't i wasn't making that noise simply thinking that it was stormy i was thinking about her doing a reach around to him with his mushroom dick according to her book yeah, right so right it's, <laughs> that'll be my new ringtone um so, <laughs> so here's the question if donald trump goes down by the end of the year how do you think he'll react to that to being indicted what do you think will happen right back to the same tagline listen donald trump has a very limited vocabulary and it's not going to be i'm doing great things are great we're going where well, this country is going to go bigly no, that's not where he's going to be. Witch hunt, politically motivated, back to witch hunt. And that's all he's going to say, that this is unfair. That, I mean, you know, just use any fourth grade term for unfair. It's not right. It's politically, it's, it's political, right? It's, it's, it's wrong. It's a witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. Cry us a fucking river, right? When he starts crying on all this shit, it's like, wah, wah. Someone call me a fucking ambulance, right? Because that's just him. It's Unless it goes his way, he's always crying about something. And yet he's the one who's creating the problems. He's the one who's creating the situations to which he's crying about. Yeah, that's before we go to break, because I want to explore this more in, in, in our next segment about... Um, uh, reality do you think that and 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 again we'll get more into this in the, in the next block but do you think that part of the reason why he is uh um promoting the big lie is to keep his uh minions ready to to scream with him when he scream and to motivate them to to uh to another insurrection if nothing else once he gets indicted do you think he's using them well, he's using them for two purposes. The first is to continue to grift, right, uh, off of them. He's going to make allegations that this is for a legal fund. Well, first of all, why should people who are making X amount of dollars be supporting a billionaire's legal challenges and their legal issues that they created? I don't understand why anyone in America would send one fucking dollar to that, to that fund. It makes no sense to me. But more importantly, and this is what people don't fully understand. January 6th insurrection was more to Donald Trump than just the insurrection. In his mind, it was a way of becoming an autocrat. It was exactly how Kim Jong-un's you know, father ended up taking over, how Putin ended up taking over. The first thing you do is you start to pre prevent people from speaking out, like what they did with me by remanding me back to prison violating my First Amendment constitutional rights. But more important than that, he saw the insurrectionists as a paramilitary um, organization there and prepared to fight and to battle to the death for his honor. And so his hope is that if in fact that they try to do something, that not only will they come out screaming and yelling, but that they'll actually turn violent for him because that's what he wants. He wants to, and he wanted to overthrow our government. He wanted to basically take a shit on our constitution Thank and to you. insert himself as the rightful supreme leader of the United States of America. But fortunately, there were enough people 
that had Seichel that turned around and said, we can't allow this to happen. We see what's going on. Sadly, there were still 74 million people that either held their nose and pulled the lever for Trump or just see him as their supreme leader. And we're going to discuss more of that on the next uh, on the uh, opposite end of this break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Well, time to pay the bills, folks. And this one, I, I don't mind doing. If <laughs> Actually, I've actually used this. If this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time, come and make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself. All shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Okay, or maybe not. Maybe just a delicious festival. Uh, their deluxe grillers assortment package includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts. Right now, you can get this mouth-watering package. I, I've never actually seen a mouth water. Well, well, anyway, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. And we all need a good meat thermometer. And exclusive price only available to uh, our listeners. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code QUESTION into the search bar. Get a jump on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks. You know, Omaha Steaks isn't just a steak. It, it's actually a, a lot of them. It's a fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season with Omaha Steaks, guaranteed quality and safety with every order. <laughs> order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package today, and you'll receive four free Omaha Steak Burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. That's just a great straight line I won't use. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question and if you need to spell it as q-u-e-s-t-i-o-n in the search bar and you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season i i like a good raw steak so uh, enjoy it it is a lot of fun hi we're back it's just asked the question we're talking to michael cohen about uh the donald trump one of the things that we that you were talking before uh we went into break Michael, was that he um, he's hoping that it turns violent for his sake and that 74 million people still believe his bullshit. What's but where does the where are his defenders in Congress and Senate? Why do they still stick by the big lie? Uh, that's very simple. They're all afraid to lose their own power. They don't give a shit about the American people. They don't care about right and wrong justice and injustice that's all the big fucking lie and in all fairness on both sides you know yeah. but there are there are the same individuals on both sides now right now we need to concentrate on the republican side the marjorie taylor greens the josh Hawley's, the ted cruz the marco rubios etc cetera, etc cetera. as they sit there they pound their hands you know it's all for fucking theatrics it has nothing to do with right and wrong. Anybody like a Marjorie Taylor Greene or Josh Hawley that can sit there and say that the January 6th insurrection was not done at the direction of or for the benefit of Donald J. Trump is either delusional or just plain fucking stupid. And in either case, they shouldn't be representing the people of America. It's yeah. just that simple. <laughs> you even had uh, one of them come out and say, look, it wasn't even an insurrection. It, it was uh, Rep uh, Representative Andrew Clyde from Georgia said there was no insurrection. To call it an insurrection is a bold-faced lie. 
Right. Because they're afraid that if, in fact, that they don't continue with Trump's big lie, that he will come against them, whether it's at the midterms or in the 2024 elections, he still controls enough of the base, let's say 28 percent. That's enough to kick these people out of office. And they don't give a fuck about anything other than the re-election. The day that they win their election, the following day, they're out raising money and running for re-election. Yeah, yeah. And yet true. they stand up. They stand up in front of the in front of their peers. They stand up in Congress. They make all of these big, bold ass statements and so on. They don't give a shit about anything other than retaining power. And the only way to retain power at the moment, while it's fleeing, it's fleeting, is to kiss Donald Trump's fat ass. Do you think That's what you have to do? You have to blow smoke up Trump's ass. Otherwise, he's going to come out against you. You will potentially lose the your election, especially in some of these very red states where we saw Trump winning by 20 points, 18 points. They're afraid for their job. And you know what? Here's the biggest problem. If you look back in history, politicians were not supposed to be lifetime jobs. No. It was supposed to be like going to the army. You were doing your civic duty by representing the people. And they turned politics into a profession. It's not a profession. And when you see, again, on both sides, people that are there for 50 years, seriously? Seriously? Yeah. You can't find another fucking job? All right. What's up with that? <laughs> that's, that's true. Cincinnatus, you know, when the Rome wanted him to be a, you know, emperor, he put down his sword and picked up the plow and said enough's enough. And uh, we don't have that kind of civic pride today, it seems like. But the, the nobody, question- nobody should be a politician for life. And I'm equally, equally disturbed, whether it's the Supreme Court of the United States or the federal court judges. I don't believe that they should have that they should have lifetime appointments either. Uh, now, you want to give them 20 years? No problem. I'm for that. But to have a lifetime appointment? What if you bring somebody on like what Trump did, who's yeah. 55 years old? This piece of shit, Kavanaugh, could be technically on the Supreme Court for the next 40, 45 years. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, is not, this is not right. And so far, listen, I really shouldn't call him a piece of shit. So far, he's actually done, he's done right. I really can't argue with anything that I think he's, you know, that they put out. So well, that, I take that back in case, in case, uh, you in know, case you end up court Judge Kavanaugh is listening. Nah, I'm not going to be one. <laughs> in case he's listening to your show. I probably shouldn't have said that because it's not, it's well, not that's... fair. But nobody, nobody should have a job for life. That's just my opinion. I, I hear you. So unless you're a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to that. So if these people are still uh, going after the uh, Trump and kissing his ring because he he wields a certain amount of power and more importantly, money and voters, um, do you think they're not seeing the big picture? Because if he gets indicted, as you say, doesn't he lose that power? If you think just because he gets indicted that he loses his base, you would be sadly mistaken. He is not losing that base too quickly. That's going to take time. You know, Donald Trump made a very bold statement, and he didn't say it just because it was a brain fart. 
He said it because he meant it, that he could actually walk down Fifth Avenue, shoot and kill somebody and get away with it. Because there are a certain number of people in this country that do not believe that Donald Trump is capable of doing anything that is illegal, that is wrong, that is immoral. And anybody that well, states to the, uh, to the contrary is either, you know, a Donald Trump hater, right, or becomes a target of them. Yeah, more importantly, I think it's the attitude I see most often is if the president does it by, by virtue of him having done it, it's legal. Kind of the Nixon philosophy. If he does it, it's legal. Sure, if I did it, it'd be illegal, but it's okay if Donald Trump does it. Well, that's because of Bill Barr and his memorandum, whereby a sitting president, in his opinion, uh, cannot be questioned or indicted because that would interfere with his work that he needs to do for the American people. Yeah, and that's a crock of shit, as we both know. Now, I know kicking him off social media has uh, created you know, oxygen for others to be heard, but is there a danger in kicking him off social media that, that what, that the rest of us don't see what's actually going on. I mean, 120 generals signing on to the big lie was kind of a big surprise for many people. So is there a, is there a danger in silencing him? Well, there's really two sides to this coin. The first side, of course, is your first amendment right. Right. Now you are, other than, of course, we all know it. you can't scream fire in a, in, in a movie theater, right. And so on, because, there are potential repercussions. I get that. The question becomes, did Facebook really even have the right to act as a censor? Who appointed Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg or his team? Who appointed them That's the, the Supreme Court for First Amendment free speech rights? Then again, who's not happy that Captain Chaos, that our Twitter in chief is off without the nonstop incessant lies, the misinformation and disinformation, right? Um, campaigns that he would you know, run and be involved with. I mean, this crazy bastard would be up at five o'clock in the morning. I know. Tweeting I... stuff out. And what happened was he fucked up single-handedly the media and any of the people in the media that refuse to acknowledge us are, uh, are they're just lying to themselves. What he did with the media is he had their heads spinning 24-7. I know people in the media that would say, I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning every single day and sit there on Twitter waiting for the next crazy Howard Stern nonsensical thing that was going to come out of his mouth or from his fingers. And then they would start running with that. And that would happen from 5 o'clock till 7 o'clock or 7.30. And then he would tweet something even crazier and more stupid than the other. That would get them moving in another direction. So when you have other issues that are going on, like I had, I couldn't get three seconds of time to get anybody to read the Petrillo sentencing he took all the memo, oxygen out right? of the room. Because he sucked all of the oxygen out of the room. And basically, all anybody cared about was Donald Trump's mushroom penis and Stormy's vagina. I could not get a single word in across the board, even for things that now people are saying to me, well, how come we didn't write about that? I said, how the fuck am I supposed to know? 
right? Well, now it's kind of like not even relevant because you already pled guilty and you did, you, you know, you went to prison and you're doing your time in home confinement. No, that's not true. The truth is always the truth, as Buddha said, right? The three things right. that will always rise, the sun, the moon, and the truth. My truth will come out. And if it's one person at a time until 20 years from now, I don't care. As long as people know what really happened. And the fact is, if I can be held guilty under, for example, campaign finance violation, so should Donald Trump, so should David Pecker, so should Dylan Howard, so should Alan Weisselberg, so should Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and Jared. They should all be held the same. I shouldn't be held responsible alone. No, because you were working for him in consort with him. And I did it at his direction and for his benefit. Now, you may have seen, you may have seen Fucknut over there went ahead and put out a statement, right, um, in regard to the FEC's ruling. Basically, once again, saying, oh, I lied in order to reduce my sentence and so on. First of all, I never signed a 5K1 cooperation agreement. I never asked them for a reduction of my sentence. Yeah, I asked for Rule 35 afterwards, but that's because the judge told me that that's what I should do at the sentencing hearing. And so we did it. He denied it. I got no benefit from any of the 300 plus hours of testimony that I gave to nine different agencies. But I got zero zero a price for it. Zero. But then again, that's coming down the pike. That's what, and that's, that's, he says, and here's where I'm, my concern. My concern is that he's priming the pump for, you have already said violent, continued violence when he's indicted with his, with his supporters. He said, um, this is something that he put out the other day. He said the major Michigan election fraud cases just filed a bombshell pleading claiming votes were intentionally switched from President Trump to Joe Biden. We know that's not true. We know the number of votes is massive and determinative. We know that's not true. Um, this will also prove true in numerous other states. He's continuing to promote the big lie. But it's this sentence that I'd like to get your reaction to. If a thief robs a jewelry store of all its diamonds, the 2020 presidential election, the diamonds must be returned. So he's demanding in this tweet to be returned to the office of the presidency. Does that surprise you, scare you, frighten you, serve as a warning? What do you think we should read into that? Everything that you just stated. It's a sickness. You understand Donald Trump is a narcissistic sociopath with a fragile ego. What else can he possibly say? I couldn't lose. How could I lose? I'm Donald Trump, right? I'm the greatest and I'm the best. There's nobody that could compete with me. And yet he lost. So now he has to confront his own demons. The fact that he's not the best. He's certainly not the smartest and not, you know, not enough people voted for him. And so what does he have to do to continue to promote this big lie? He has to lie and lie that the election was stolen from him, that the machines were, you know, were switched, uh, that ballots were switched. I mean, I want you to think about something for a second. Sure. One of the big, one of the parts of the big lie, I believe it was in Pennsylvania. Somebody took a photo of a box that was sitting under a fold-up table uh, at one of the voting stations, and on the box it stated Donald Trump um, ballots. Now, let's be serious for a second. The allegation is that 
the ballots that were contained inside that box went into a shredder. Yeah, right. Right. If, in fact, you were going to do that, would you actually label it and put it on the outside so that somebody walking past can take <laughs> a photograph of it? I mean, the notion that that's true is so stupid and it's so preposterous. Yeah. However, the number of people that actually believed it. Why? Because Donald Trump said so. Yes. Why, why is it that people aren't vaccinating? Because Donald Trump doesn't believe that the vaccination is legitimate. Yet, what do we know? The day before he left the White House, he and Melania got vaccinated. Right. right. But <laughs> yet he refused to do the right thing. Forgetting about as a former president, as a human being, somebody with some empathy that cares about the fact that this year there will be 570 plus thousand empty seats at dinner tables, not able to be there for children's births, for weddings, for anniversaries, for birthdays, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But does Donald Trump care? Not one fucking iota. No, that's true. nothing. Zero. He lacks empathy for anyone. And so how could how could we think anything different? And when you said to me, you know, do I think that it's scary? Fuck yeah, it's scary, Brian. This is no joke. This well, is really no joke. I, I, if you were to give, because my concern is, what does this administration, the current administration, do to push back against the fiction that there was the big lie? I mean, with 120 generals signing an open letter, with the GOP kicking Liz Cheney out of her leadership role because she won't defend the big lie. What would you advise Biden to do to, to combat this, this? I mean, it seems like it's a continuing insurrection brought to us courtesy of Donald. I can't stand to lose. I'm a narcissistic, evil son of a bitch Trump. What do you do? So Joe Biden, who is trying to be a different type, which he is anyway, a different type of president. He wants to be an empathetic president. He wants to, as he states continuously, I want to be a president to all Americans, not just Democrats, but to Republicans right. as well. I want to reach across the aisle, which he has done for so many years. I want to reach across the aisle and I want to embrace Republicans so we can effectuate real change. The infrastructure bill, affordable care, immigration, you know, $15, you know, wage, blah, blah, blah. Now, there's a big problem here because while you're trying to be a better person, while you're trying to be a more congenial and empathetic president, you have a lunatic, a dog, a rabid dog on the other side of the street looking to cross the street and bite you in your fucking leg. Now, are you going to be, you know, just callous about it? Let the dog come across the street and bite you? Or are you going to take action? So my feeling is, you now control the Department of Justice and the Department of Injustice under Trump needs a massive fucking overhaul. They really need a massive overhaul. And you finally have somebody in there who actually wants to do the job of Attorney General Merrick Garland. You have somebody who wants to follow the rule of law instead of being the president's personal attack dog, which is exactly what Bill Barr was. Yeah. So what should Merrick Garland be doing right now? First and foremost, everybody that had connection to Donald Trump 
and the previous administration, they need to go. Why are they still there? They need to be removed and Biden needs to put all of his people in. It's over 100 days. The transition team should already be finished and everybody there should be loyal to the new president and they should all be democratically elected um, the way that, you know, um, pursuant to the rights of the president. So that's first and foremost. And what Merrick Garland needs to do, if he wants to stay out of it himself, just set up some special commissions. I mean, how about if we start? How about if we start with the, you know, with Donald Trump and Matt Gates and the rest of them with obstruction of justice and witness tampering? Why don't we just start with that? Why don't we start with the second remand of mine, right? Violating my First Amendment constitutional right. I mean, where's the documents and information on that? Why don't we check to see whether or not Donald Trump, Don Jr., Rudy, right? Josh Hawley, Marjorie Taylor Greene, whether there are communications with anybody that was involved in the insurrection, right? right? These people got in. They knew too much about the Capitol that... This was not a blind be- a blind move. This was an orchestrated move. So what you need to do is you got you to gotta smack the dog. You got to go after him. And that's what they should be doing. If you want to put him down, fuck it, put him down. Do to him what he was doing to everybody else. Now, that's dealing with, how do you deal with the rank and file people who voted for him, part of his, you know, his minions who still give him money? Can you convince them? Can you keep them from at least sending Trump money? How should Biden deal with that? Well, I don't think he can. I don't think yeah. that there's any way. Those people that are brainwashed and in the cult, it's no different than if Donald Trump was a cult leader. Um, it's, it's just really that simple. You, know, you got to get them out of the cult. It's not easy. Trust me, it wasn't easy even for me to get out. Um, there just came a point in time that I had to say to myself, which I did on ABC on with George Stephanopoulos, that my wife, my daughter, my son, and my country have my first loyalty and always will. And I had to put Donald Trump into a casket and bury that relationship. It was not easy. It was extremely painful because not only do you walk away from him, but you walk away from everybody that you built relationships with over right. the past, you know, 15 years. It's also difficult when you're in a position of great power, which is something that was enticing to me. Right. And what ends up happening, you know, the, these people need, need to understand that Donald Trump is, and I say it all the time, is a racist. So if you're a racist, keep going with him. If you're a sexist, Stay on Team Trump, misogynist, xenophobe, homophobe, Islamophobe, anti-Semite. Stay with Donald Trump. Give him all your fucking money. When you get when you get money coming in from COVID relief, give it to Donald, right? And then when you're out on the street, see if you can get through. Call Mar-a-Lago's phone number. See if they'll put you through. And if you are lucky enough somehow to get through, see if he'll give you a couple of dollars in order to buy you a cup of coffee or to buy a diapers for your, for your child. You have a better chance. <laughs> you have a better chance of winning the Powerball than you do of Donald Trump reaching into his pocket and giving you two cents. And, and the Powerball has more money. Uh, <laughs> let, let, yeah. Yeah. Let's, why do you think he won't? Uh, we're going to take a short break here in a minute. Why do you think he won't run again? Because I think all of the litigation 
the plethora of litigation that is coming at him, just, just the ones that we know about is enough. But there's more coming. That's the whole thing. Each and every day, new information is coming out. Now that you have, for example, Rudy's Electronics, more information is going to come out, which will ultimately create more litigation against him. Not only do you have everything that's known, you also have the billion-dollar lawsuit from the um, company that has the machines, the voting machines. You have the dozen or so women that are claiming sexual um, impropriety by Trump. That's all out there. I mean, forgetting about my litigation against the Trump organization for legal fees, Rudy's going to have one of those coming up soon, too, because Trump is not going to allow. And he's already he's already shown his hand. He's not going to allow the fund that he created. He's not going to allow them to pay for Rudy's legal expenses, because that would do two things that would hurt Trump. One, it would show that there's a connection while there's an ongoing investigation into Rudy. So he would not be able to distance himself when Rudy gets charged. And two, it's depleting an account that Donald Trump in his heart of hearts believes is his money. Right. See, I think that he won't run again because I think he's uh, all about grifting his supporters for money. But I also think he just wants to be a kingmaker. I think a lot of the minions that are fighting for control of the GOP are fighting for the attention for Donald to kiss the ring because he can anoint one of them as his successor. I don't think he wants the heartache or the headache of being president again. That was four years of more shit than he's ever really had to put up with. And he was always on a tightrope and flying. Okay, so let me stop. Let me stop you there. <laughs> Brian, nope. I got to stop you there. I totally disagree with you. I think he wants to be president again. He just doesn't want to have to run. He wants to be anointed uh, as president, stay as president. He has full access to everything that he wants, which is, you know, to live in the White House. He has a full time cook and he didn't have a full time cook even in his own apartment. He never had that. He, on top of that, he's got a multitude of aircraft, inclu including our great Air Force One. You know, he has the, you know, the, the um, Marine band playing hail to the chief whenever he comes down. He's a narcissist. He enjoys this. But what he really wants is not just the power of the presidency. He wants whenever he says anything, whenever he does anything, he wants you to clap and smile and scream for him the way that they do in North Korea when Kim Jong-un burps. They go crazy. They're clapping. They're screaming. And anybody that doesn't, what happens? I've been there. Well, nobody Trump. knows. They disappear. Yeah, I've been near Trump when he burps. I ain't cheering for that. <laughs> We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. Again, that's at JATQ Podcast. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question we're with Michael Cohen. And Michael, we were talking before the break a little bit about uh, what you look, what does Donald Trump really want? That's you started to touch upon that. Uh, and you spent a lot of time with him. You know him better than most. So I you, you tell me I'm wrong about him. I, I, I and I'll give it to you because you know him better than I do. But at the end of the day, 
Do you really think he wants, I, I think he loves all the trappings of power. Do you think he wants any responsibility of the power? Well, what would be the difference? What responsibility did he take over the last four years? Good point. Right. He took no responsibility for anything. You know, I don't like the fact that they're crossing our southern borders, these San Salvadorians. Let's lock them up in cages. And a whole group of people, of course, do the right thing and say, first of all, you can't separate children from parents, right? You can't lock children up in cages. Um, you can't send back the parents and leave the kids here, et cetera, et cetera. What responsibility did he take? No, no, no. A country without borders, quite frankly, isn't a country at all, right? Um, yeah, that is a true statement, right? Countries have borders, <laughs> right. but that doesn't mean that you turn around and you separate parents from children. I mean, right. what do we have now? 13, 1400 children still, still that don't, the parents have no idea where their kids are. I mean, you would be horrified when your kid gets lost for 10 seconds, let alone two years, three years. I mean, because again, it goes back to the fact, not only will he take no responsibility for anything, he lacks empathy for anybody right. else. Fuck them. They wanted to come to this country. You deserve to lose your kid. And the kid wasn't even really yours in the first place. It was done by coyotes. And then you got Melania, who I used to actually have high regards for, right? Turn around. I heard the fucking tape myself from Stephanie Wolkoff. When she turned around and she goes, the same spewing of Donald's bullshit about how these children didn't belong to these people, that they're, you know, that they're taken by coyotes and brought across here in order to fake, you know, immigration needs and stuff. I mean, come on, man enough already. So if he became president again, what responsibility? Do you know that there was never a memo page on his desk? If you look to see at any time, yeah, his desk is always cleared. How could you be the president of the United States and not read memos? He wouldn't. If it wasn't a well, three, four, five bullet point, right? Comic strip, then he wasn't reading it. He wasn't looking at it. You had 30 to 60 seconds to tell him your point. Well, I really think that I'm going to need a little more than 60 seconds, Mr. Presidente, when we're going to talk about Middle Eastern peace and what's going on over there. No, we'll, we'll right. let BB handle that. Whatever BB wants, he can do. And, and look where it got us. What, here's, the, here's the big question, though. 2024 coming up. I, I wonder about his health. You, you, you would know about his health better than I would as well. But do you think uh, you say he doesn't want to run? He wants to be anointed. He can't get back the presidency without running. Do you see him just stirring up a shitstorm of violence to to try and uh, justify his own actions or inactions? What do you, what do you see twenty twenty four if he's alive? How that falls out? Well, forgetting about whether he's alive or not, uh, we still have to go back to the issue of all of the litigation that's pending that's against him and. If, in fact, the district attorney or the attorney general, Tish James, here in New York, or the uh, attorney general, district attorney there in D.C. regarding the pick, or now in Georgia and so many other states that are going to be coming and more coming as a direct result of the information that's contained on Rudy's phone and computer and all that, I don't believe that he's going to be successful in getting assistance from the um, GOP. I don't think he's going to be running regardless of his health. Now, as far as his health is concerned, listen, the guy's been fat for a long time. He's been overweight and unhealthy for a long time, yet he has an enormous amount of energy. 
he did more than Hillary, which is why he was successful in winning. He was doing three, four events a night. I mean, the guy has tremendous stamina for a guy who has never gone to the gym, who doesn't walk, who doesn't exercise. Does it catch up to you? Sure, it catches up to you. It catches up to everybody. The human body is merely the human body. Um, so, you know, right now he's what, 70? Well, he's a god. He could live to be 200, don't you know? That's what, yeah, hey there, don't you know? That's what Ronnie, Dr. Ronnie told us. He could live to be 200. He'd never seen anybody that healthy. <laughs> I think he's the healthiest president in history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what we were told. So he, yeah. he just announced that he's going to have his first rally. Uh, since the January 6th insurrection, which he claims was, you know, just peaceful protest. What do you expect to see at that rally? A lot of white hoods and a lot of um, white supremacists. I mean, I don't, I don't consider them to be rallies. I think they're clan meetings and it's, it's true. It's really what I believe that, that they, that they become, do you know, early on in the campaign, very early on, I remember watching on television, you know, I never went to a single rally. Um, well, unfortunately I, was I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry for you, but I never went to one, but I was watching it on television and next day I came in. And of course, the first question that he would ask me, did you watch the rally? And I said, of course I did. So he goes, what'd you think? And I said, I gotta be honest with you. There's a lot of salt. There's just no pepper in the crowd. So he looks at me and goes, what do you mean? So I said, Mr. Trump, there's no diversity there, which is why I ended up creating the national diversity coalition for Trump because to me, there was no way in the world that you could win a presidential election, a general election, when you have no minority support. And so that was something that we started to drum up. And, you know, that organization ended up um, becoming more than 10 million strong, uh, which, you know, was great. And that's why you started to see, you know, um, women for Trump, blacks for Trump, you know, et cetera, Muslims for Trump. And, that was all done through the National Diversity Coalition. There's nobody there that's going to do that now. And even if there are these small pockets of individuals, like I said, you know, you remember Donald Trump once turning around saying, oh, there's my African-American when he was pointing up to the crowd. I mean, what yeah. is this like a Rangers? What is this, a Rangers game? It's like find the black guy in the stands. It doesn't work that way. I mean, the, again, he did that again, in the press room, Michael. He did that to April Ryan that said, hey, look, help me out with the black people. I mean, it, it was pathetic. Well, it is pathetic and it's racist. And the problem is he's so stupid. He doesn't even realize that he's a racist, which makes it even worse. You know, so, I, I always thought of him as the, um, I remember seeing him walk out of the Oval. And this is before he started doing his, uh, his, his little, uh, you know, helicopter, his, yeah, his chopper talk. And he, uh, he walked past me and he reminded me of an unfunny, Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, with the hair and the, and I, it's, and I yelled at him and said, hey, tough room. And he came back and spoke to us. And I always thought that he just was a, a, a guy who was a third rate comic looking for an audience. Well, it's not the audience that he's looking for. It's the adulation of the crowd. He legitimately, look, go back and take a look at the movie Gladiator. Right. And when Joaquin Phoenix goes out into the stadium, into the Coliseum and the place is roaring and so on. And he's determining life and death with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Right. And of course, yeah. like Trump, he would keep it, you know, he would keep it parallel uh, to the ground. And 
the screaming, the roar, the Donald, we love you, and so on. This is a guy who must have been emotionally starved as a child for any attention at all, because the adulation of the crowd is his oxygen. But it's not just the crowd. It's the same adulation that he wants from members of Congress. And those like Liz Cheney that don't give it to him are now persona non grata, right? Yeah. They're, they're, and they need to be excommunicated from the church of Donald. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what he was able uh, to I hate to show. see the robes in that church. Hey, I'm telling you. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably shit stains all over. <laughs> Listen, we could keep doing this. Listen, at, his age, at his age, I don't care what anybody says. At his age, you know, you have to be lactose intolerant. And the way he chows down on vanilla ice cream, trust me, there's got to be some squirts going on the back of those robes. <laughs> <laughs> and, on, and on i want that, you to ruminate i want you to ruminate on that when you have dinner tonight i'll i'll mentally do that and, and with that listen i appreciate you being here love to have you back i know you've got other places to be but we could, could we could talk about this for hours but i really do appreciate it michael thanks for being here brian great to see you as always as always the show is just asked the question i am your host brian karam thanks and we'll catch you next time Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.